Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Shelter in Peace. We are broadcasting live from our studios here in Roswell, Georgia, from AM 1160 The Quest, your Catholic radio station. I am Mari Cleveland, and I am joined this hour by my guest co-host, Thomas Clements. Good morning. Good to be with you all. Good morning. Thank you for being back with us, Thomas. We had Thomas on the air with us a couple of weeks ago. And that was fun to have you. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that very much. That was great. Mm-hmm. And so um, some of you may have heard in the last time we were here that Thomas is actually the founder of a new ministry. It's called Zenith Ministries, right. right? Yeah. And it's new. It's really, um, he created created it to help Gen X and millennial Catholics really find healing and discover more of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So discovering more of God's always a great thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and there's so much to discover. So it's... It's, you know, something we want to kind of help be a conduit of. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And there are probably new and different ways to do that. We know that our our Gen, um, our Gen Zs and our millennials um, take in things in new ways. And so one of the things they do is through podcast. And you actually had a new podcast drop today. Yeah, a new episode today. This one uh, is called God uh, is the Best Wingman. Oh. It's kind of the story <laughs> of how, you know, he played a role in my dating life and my, you know, finding my wife and, and eventually marrying her. And it's it's tremendous just how uh, involved he is with us. And really nothing is too trivial for God. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. That's great. We are also joined in studio by our magnificent producer, Annie. Good morning, Annie. Good morning, y'all. It's a, it's always hard to find a new um, a new way to describe <laughs> you, Annie, because you're so amazing and you do so much for us. So I like to come up with a new adjective every time. Yeah. So um, so talking about you know God's um, you know God's our best wingman, Jesus our best wingman. We've also got a wing woman, and we're going to be talking about that wing woman today. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So. Uh, You know, for most of our listeners, um, especially all of you who are Catholic out there, you know that on Saturday we celebrated the Feast of the Assumption. Mm -hmm. And some people may or may not know what the Feast of the Assumption is. So that's one of our topics that we're going to be covering today is what exactly is the Feast of the Assumption? And then along with that, there are a lot of um, devotions and Marian consecrations out there. And so we're going to talk about just that topic of Marian consecration, because even for those of us who were um, cradle Catholics, it can be a little confusing. And it's really a journey. I think the whole idea of Marian consecration and Marian devotion can be a real journey. And it's very personal, just like, you know, God is so personal. Like you just said, Thomas, you know, in your dating life, nothing's too trivial for nothing. God, right? Uh-huh. And nothing is too trivial on this journey that we each can have with the Blessed Mother as well, who he gave us, Jesus literally gave her to us from the cross. Um, You know, a lot of people don't realize that, that one of his seven last words was when he told John, you know, um, son, this is your mother and mother, this is your son. And Mm -hmm. that was, those were his words. He wasn't just going, oh shoot, I forgot to make sure my mom was taken care of. Right. (laughs) You know, he's a much better son than that. Right. right. Everything he said from the cross during his passion had eternal consequences. There was a reason for every single thing he said. So don't you think when he said that he wasn't just talking to John he was talking to all of us, right? Exactly. As his followers. John mm-hmm. just represented us in that moment mm-hmm. as the followers. And he said, here is your mother. Here is your mother. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Mary and we're going to be talking about Feast of the Assumption. But why don't we start by praying? Because we'd like to open this broadcast, this this um, show every week by praying. And so, um, Thomas, I know you had a Marian prayer you wanted to lead for us today. Well, of course, if we're going to talk about Mary, we need to, to say a Marian prayer. So let's let's start with the Hail Holy Queen. Awesome. 
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, to Thee do we run, or poor, <laughs> to Thee we cry, to Thee we run. Or banished children. Or banished children of Eve. Oh, we just forgot it. I just forgot it. Okay. <laughs> That's what happens on live radio. Exactly. So let's do the Memorari. Okay, Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful, O Mother of the Word incarnate. Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, so that's one of the cool things about being Catholic is we've got so many of them, right? So many. I always thought something in your back pocket. And what happens to me, if it's like you, they start to blend together in my head sometimes, right? <laughs> I was about to say, the Hail Holy Queen and Memorari always get mixed up they, in my oh, mind. Sure. Yeah, in my head. Because I was, I, was, you know, I was like, I told Thomas, I said, I'm not going to pray with you because sometimes we bounce off of each other if we're talking at the same time, so I'm going to let you do it. And so I'm doing it in my head, and then all of a and I was like, okay, wait, I'll say, I know what the next line is. And then the memorari started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've started the Hill Holy Queen before and ended it with the memorari. <laughs> so, yes. Good thing is, you know, God loves us and Mary loves Amen. us and it's all good. Amen. It's all good. So um, thank you for, for kicking us off there. So, um, you know, listeners, one of the things, sometimes you know, people say, so what do you do each week on your show? I say, well, you know, basically the for me, the most important thing is to encourage and offer hope to our listeners. You know, as you guys know, we started Shelter in Peace back in April when we first started going into sheltering in place during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was for prayer. It was for praying for our listeners, for offering encouragement and hope to our listeners. That part is still the same. You know, and Mary is the great intercessor. She prays for all of us all the time, constantly. But what we also um, have morphed into, or what's happened as well, is just this is a great opportunity for all of us to grow in our spiritual life, and our spiritual life as Catholics, as as Christians, and to just um, be able to grow and understand. And so each week, we really hope that there's something new that maybe we're introducing to you, or maybe we're, we're refreshing something in your own mind. Maybe you learned years ago in catechism class, or if you're not Catholic, which many of our listeners are not Catholic, maybe there's something you had a question about. Why do Catholics do that? Sure, right? Sure. You know, and a lot of times, one of the main things that non-Catholics sometimes say is, so you guys worship Mary or what? <laughs> right? And so hopefully today, we're going to give you some insight into, no, we don't worship Mary, no, but Mary no. is a very special Very, very special. Yeah, exactly. And and she's had a special role in the church from the very beginning. So Mm -hmm. even before we split into Protestant Catholic, for many, many thousands of years, we actually were all together on one page on how we saw Mary and how we saw her role in our in our church for hundreds, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years. um, We did, and so I think it's important for us to be able to talk about. And we could we could probably do many shows on on Mary. So many shows, Mm -hmm. but it's it's good to remember. Like Mary is a human, and so like all humans, she's she's closer to being a rock than yeah. she is to being God. Yeah, he is so far above us. But you know, in the story of salvation, he chose her. Yes, like, he did. And someone could say, "Oh, she, he could have chosen anyone." Well, that's true, but he chose her. Yeah, and so that that makes her special, and so she should be treated as special because. God treated her special first. That's that's a great way to put mm-hmm. that. I love the way you describe that, Thomas. Sure, yeah, sure. and and so and the, what's cool is too. He chose each of us, right? Mm-hmm. We, we were each chosen to be 
co-laborers. Yes. Um, right. That's in Corinthians. That's also in the beginning of the catechism that we are to be co-laborers in God's vineyard. We are to be co-laborers bringing people to God, um, really bringing his kingdom to earth, but also bringing people, bringing souls to heaven. And she was the first co-laborer. Yeah, right? exactly. She was the first one he chose. And so just as we each have special gifts and we learn about those special gifts, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we've done several shows on that. She also has some really special gifts. So we're going to delve into that a bit more. Let's start real quick, though, with the Feast of the Assumption. Yeah. Okay. So Feast of the Assumption. So what does that mean? Um, so Mary was assumed into heaven and you'll notice that what's interesting is, um, she wasn't, she didn't ascend into heaven like Jesus did because Jesus ascended into heaven, which meant it was under his own power. Mary was assumed into heaven, which means God brought her up from earth Mm -hmm. fully, you know, in full body form when she passed, when she died, she died and she was assumed into heaven. And if you're ever getting the two words mixed up, ascend, assume, just remember there's an M an assumption. Oh, M is for Mary. There you go. That's, That's an old awesome. trick for you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And so what's interesting about that is, you know, that's not a new concept just in the New Testament with Mary. That actually happened a couple of times in the Old Testament as well. So there was um, Enoch was assumed into heaven. Um, we learn about that. Enoch was assumed into heaven. That was in Genesis, actually, all the way back, Genesis 5. And then Elijah was also assumed into heaven as well. And that was in second Kings. And so in the old Testament, that was already something that was going on. Um, so there's no direct reference to Mary's death and assumption in the new Testament. What, but assumption was not a new concept that, um, that the possibility of her assumption and that possibility of bodily assumption is, um, is very much there. Also in the new Testament, in both Matthew 27 and first Corinthians 15, there's also um, indirect uh, suggestion of bodily assumption as well. So there is some basis um, for this. What, some of the other things that people say is, okay, so isn't this kind of new? Because the Feast of the Assumption itself was actually only created as a Catholic dogma in 1950. But what people don't realize about that is that it was just actually kind of codifying or, or like putting it down in writing things mm-hmm. that were already that were already created because way back in at the council of Nicaea which was in AD 325 um, they were already talking about the assumption of Mary and in AD 457 the bishop of Jerusalem talked about how that when Mary's tomb was opened it was found to be empty yeah so her disciples when they first when people first went and saw that the disciples were saying that her body had been taken into heaven so Pope Pius XII, when he when he created the dogma of the Feast of the Assumption, so the actual celebration of the Assumption, he declared it both on tradition as well as theology, um, which is was which is the way we work in the Catholic Church, right? Exactly. We look at both mm-hmm. theology, we look at what the Scripture says, but we also look at tradition, what we learned and what's been passed down over the generations from all the believers. Out because there. we see we see it all as the Word of God, both the, the written word mm-hmm. in Scripture and then the spoken word orally passed down in yes, tradition. Exactly, exactly through that. And of course, he's going to go to the Lord um, and, and make sure that this is all divinely inspired as well. So so we can really trust trust that when we when we see that. So um so that's the assumption in the Orthodox Church actually it's been um commemorated on August 16th, uh, August 15th, sorry, since the 6th century. So since 500 um, AD, they've been celebrating 
Um, but they called it, I think I called it dormition, the mm-hmm. dormition or dormitio for falling asleep, right? Falling asleep. So there, there are essentially two camps. Yeah. And I can't remember the names of the two, but you know, one group says that you know she just was assumed into heaven. And when I first heard of this, I, I thought of like Mary, like in the grocery store, like at the market, and all of a sudden she looks up to the sky and says, "It's time." And he just kind of takes her up. <laughs> the cart is is yeah. just sitting there in the aisle. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an apple falls to the ground and she's gone. There um, you go. But then there's also the the camp that says that. You know, she wanted to suffer death like mm-hmm. her son. Mm-hmm. And so she prayed to God asking for that and he allowed it. And so she kind of fell asleep, you know, mm-hmm. and like died mm-hmm. and then was assumed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I read that one too, that she did not want to have any difference than what her son did. Exactly. Right. He actually exactly. did die. So she died just as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's neat. It's, it's neat to kind of ponder this and to think about that. Oh yeah. It's so rich. It is. It's incredibly rich. So, um, and, and, you know, you can see it's so cool when you go to Europe and you see all these amazing paintings in all the different churches. So many of them are actually paintings of Mary's Assumption. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So you'll see a lot of them. And because by the 13th century, most Catholic theologians, so by the 1200s, most, most, when I say Catholic theologians, all of them were Catholic at that time, yeah, right? Yeah, the church exactly. did not split. No, so yeah. um, by the 13th century, theologians really saw this as a popular, as, as um, was accepted, the, the assumption mm-hmm. of Mary. And it was a um, popular subject, both the Renaissance and the Baroque painters really painted a lot. So it was pretty cool. I got a chance to be part of a mass on Saturday and um, Father Salvridge, who's just a beautiful holy priest, I got to hear his homily um, and he shared just so much of this history. So a lot of what I'm sharing with with you, um, with our listeners, are both things I've read and um, watched on YouTube, but also what I heard Father Salvage talk about. You're just about. taking notes in the pews. I am, I know, I know. I'm like, okay, let me grab out my phone. No, honestly, yeah, yeah. I'm not texting. I'm actually just typing message, you know, what I'm learning. It was so, it was so really cool. Um, but the Feast of the Assumption, one of the, one of the final things that he said, it was so cool, this quote, I love this. He said, the Feast of Mary's Assumption challenges us to imitate her self-sacrificing love, her indestructible faith, and her perfect obedience. Mm. Isn't that cool? That's beautiful. So her self-sacrificing love, indestructible faith, and perfect obedience. And so so that's just a little bit about the assumption of Mary, but there's more of it, of it that's, um, that's, I think it's really important to, to think about when we talk about the fact that, um, you know, why... Once again, kind of the biblical background and some. And I know that you've got some insights, Thomas. So one of the things I didn't tell our listeners is actually you've got a master's in theology from Franciscan. Exactly. Yeah. So I took I took many classes with the greats there, you know, including Dr. Hahn. Wow. Uh, I had a class with Dr. Maravalli. Uh, uh-huh. Alan Shrek was my favorite. He's not not as well known. But uh-huh. This man is just beautiful and holy. He would just stand there in his like suits from the 1970s, <laughs> teaching with his eyes closed, and just like going off on just amazing, amazing lessons. That's and, awesome. And so w- one of the, the classes I had was Biblical Foundations with Dr. Hahn. And I remember we were talking about the assumption and where it could be in the Bible. And it, it's good to remember that, you know, not every teaching of the faith is explicitly found in the Bible. And that mm-hmm. we look to, you know, the the oral tradition as well. Uh, because, you know, in John chapter 21, it, you know, it says that after Jesus's resurrection before his you know ascension you know notice the end there the ascension um 
he spent you know 40 days with his apostles and he taught them so much mm -hmm. john says that you know if everything was written down there wouldn't be enough books in the whole world to contain uh, yeah yeah so if there's not enough books in the whole world that means like that one book isn't enough to contain all that so he taught a lot yeah and so we can still though find you know all the dogmas in scripture just implicitly and so uh, what we can you know do to see that Mary is queen uh, in heaven and was assumed body and soul is look at uh, Revelation uh, twelve one, mm -hmm. which shows us that you know that there's a sign of a woman with a crown of stars on her head and she's standing on the moon, not like floating slightly above the moon, or mm -hmm. but she's she's standing on the moon. So we could you know uh, reasonably look at that as and see that that Mary is in heaven, body and soul. Uh, we also look at, you know, just how special Mary is by the title of calling, you know, Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. right? Christ is a Greek word that means anointed one. In Hebrew, the word is Messiah. So anyone really who calls Jesus Christ is pointing to the fact that he is a descendant of uh, the, the Davidic kings. You, mm -hmm. know, the, you know, King David was a king over Israel and then his son reigned after him. And the interesting thing about Solomon, his son who reigned after him, is that his wife, Beersheba, reigned as his queen. Because mm -hmm. he had like, what, a thousand other mm -hmm. wives? Like, yeah. that'd be so confusing. Who was yeah. going to be the queen? You know, so uh, Bathsheba, Bathsheba. His, his, his mother. His mother yeah. reigned beside him. Mm -hmm. And so did. As the queen mother, yeah. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And so did, you know, his son and then his grandson and all the descendants of David and Solomon had their mothers reign as queen. Mm -hmm. And so if Jesus is in that line of kings, mm -hmm. he's going to have his mother reign with him as well. Right. And so we can see that if we're calling him the Christ, then it's only right to then call his mother the queen. And if she's the queen, then we need to, you know, pay her respect. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's neat. You were talking about how you got to actually hear Scott Hahn talk yeah. about all this. Yeah. I had to watch a YouTube video to get it. So, <laughs> so listeners, don't don't be dis discouraged. You actually can go on YouTube and YouTube, yes, even though you're not getting a you know, master's mm -hmm. in theology, you can you can listen. But it was so cool. It, um, there's one YouTube video I really would recommend. Scott Hahn is talking. It's only about eight minutes long, but he's talking about the first time that he actually celebrates the Feast of the Assumption as a Catholic, because oh, as you guys know, he's mm -hmm. a convert, right? Yeah, that's right. And he talks about this, and he was talking about how he was, the night before he went to Mass, he was talking to a friend who was not Catholic and trying to explain the whole thing about Mary and the Assumption. And so he, he brings up these. He brings up um, Luke 1 and Mary's visitation and talking about how the Ark of the Covenant came up out of... Um, uh, the the hills of Judea, mm -hmm. and then Mary, who is the, visit, the, yeah, 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 the visitation, the visitation from Mary yeah. to Elizabeth. She's the Ark of the Covenant going into the hills of Judea, right, Amazing. to visit. And then I loved this. Um, actually, um, Bishop Barron mentioned this parallel that I thought was so beautiful. You know how when, during the visitation, when uh, Mary goes to see Elizabeth and um, John leaps in Elizabeth's womb? Mm -hmm. At the at the in the presence of our Lord, yes, right? And and, yes, yes. and and Elizabeth even says that what have I done to deserve mm -hmm. that I'm here in the presence of you know my Lord and the mother of my Lord has come, and um he the parallel he makes is Mary's the Ark of the Covenant just like when 
David was dancing before yes. the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. right? When it was brought into and Jerusalem. he was naked too, just like John the Baptist. Just like John yeah. the Baptist, right? Which is why his wife got all mad, yeah, mad exactly. at him, right? Yeah, yeah. And then she was struck barren and all. That's a whole other story. But yeah, so so David was dancing just like John was dancing before the Lord so and the amazing. Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. And then the Ark of the Covenant being Mary in the New Testament, right? And, and what's also interesting about that is that John leaps in the womb after hearing the voice of Mary. So in a way that the presence of Jesus is made known to him through Mary. Through Mary. Yeah, exactly. And she's made, he's made known to all of us through Mary, right? Exactly. Because she's the one who gave her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So Scott Hahn talks about, okay, Luke one, and then he talks about um, Revelation, what you were just sharing mm-hmm. with us, both Revelation 11 and then 12, and just that beautiful description. And that description of Revelation 12, you, you know, go back and read that because once again, it's where she is as queen, but she also is fighting. It's the spiritual yeah. battle, right? Mm-hmm. She's fighting. She's fighting the, the, the dragon, the serpent, the dragon who's going to try to devour um, the born, the ba- the child that's born, just mm-hmm. that that battle between good and evil that we're still fighting today, right? That we're still in battle with today, and um, so what's funny is so then the next morning Scott Hahn goes to mass and his friend comes along, his Protestant, and they read all those same readings, and his friend goes, "Did you know they were going to read those readings?" And Scott <laughs> Hahn goes, "No, I hadn't been to this mass. I didn't know wow. they were going to." And he's like, "I didn't want to tell my friend that. Yeah, the Pope didn't just choose. Hey, Scott, you're newly converted. What readings do you think we should say this Sunday? Right?" He's like, "No, this is." kind of the church and this is how it goes. And the same thing happened. Um, I was reading, looking back through our readings from Saturday. It's those same readings. Oh, amazing. Yeah, the same Love readings. They're so, they're so beautiful mm-hmm. there. This was another thing I thought was so cool that Bishop Barron said, because right now I think it's very clear to all of us that we are in a battle of good and evil. We are in the battle of good and evil. It's so apparent with the pandemic going on, with just all the strife happening in our country and in our world. And here's another image for you guys. Okay, so remember in the Old Testament, what did the Israelites bring before them in battle? What did they carry before them in battle? They carried the Ark of the Covenant. Mm. They carried the Ark of the Covenant because the Ark of the Covenant represented the Lord. The Lord was present in the Ark of the Covenant. And so if we say in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant, which then disappeared right during the Babylonian exile, never to be seen again, but they carried that into battle. What about today when we're battling, we're battling the evil one and the Ark of the Covenant in the New Testament is Mary. And so she's there right at the forefront battling the evil one with us as well. Um, you know, so do you want to be battling the evil one along with Mary alongside you and inviting her and asking her to intercede on your behalf mm-hmm. and to do that fighting just like the description of what she does in Revelation? It's all so cool. It's so cool. I get I, so excited about it. Yeah, same. And, and she clothes us with grace too. But- yeah. Uh, uh, an amazing book, if you ever have a chance to read it, is The True Devotion to Mary by uh-huh. St. Louis de Montfort, yep. uh, where he talks about, you know, the consecration to her, which, is, you know, and, and all of it has been approved by, you know, Pope Leo Thirteenth and then mm-hmm. Pope Pius X, mm-hmm. both of whom called themselves servants of Mary. And then John Paul II took his motto from it, you know, totally yours, Mary, yeah. totus tuus Maria. Yeah. Um, but in it, he ta- he does this awesome, you know, explanation of you know devotion to Mary through uh, the story of it's it's with Jacob and Esau mm-hmm. and their mother uh, Rebecca who loved Jacob and yes. so she clothed him to appear like his brother before his father and the, yeah it was trickery and so it's kind of weird that mm-hmm. she would do that you know mm-hmm. to to make him receive the blessing but then. He says, but that's what Mary does for us. Mm. She clothes us with grace so that we may receive more blessing from God. 
And it, you know, she does that. She, she helps us in the battle. Yeah, that's cool. So you brought up the theme of Marian consecration, and that's mm-hmm. what we're going to be talking about for the next um, part of the show is mm-hmm. that, that whole thing of Marian consecration and Marian devotion, because it's so interesting to try to mm-hmm. figure that out, right? Yeah. So our listeners who are just tuning in, we, you are with us here on Shelter and Peace. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I have my guest host, Thomas Clements, and we're talking about um, the Feast of the Assumption, which we just celebrated on Saturday, but we're also talking about Marian consecration. So what more would you like to share with us about kind of Marian consecration? Um, Thomas, what are the thoughts you have about it? Sure. Well, you know, it's it's a way to honor Our Lady, you know, mm-hmm. just as, you know, is explained in the Bible. Uh, if you, you know, read Luke one twenty eight, you have, you know, the angel Gabriel visiting her and declaring her to be full of grace, mm-hmm. right? And in mm-hmm. the Greek word for that, that's translated to full of grace or favored one is kakeritomine. Okay. Which means a fullness of grace that is so complete that there's no, there's no sin that, you know, it's just full, it's all grace. And it's a, he's basically saying, uh, you, Mary, you are closer to God than I am. And mm. I'm an angel in heaven. Wow. Right. And, and so you can look at many saints who have, who've spoken about this, uh, including St. Louis de Montfort and, and Maximilian Colby, whose feast day was on Friday. Yeah. Uh, they've just said tremendous things. And so Marian consecration is really just living out fully our baptismal vows mm. and honoring God through Mary. Okay. And you know this has been done throughout history. We have African bishops in the 500s declaring mm. themselves and telling the faithful to declare themselves, you know, be slaves of Mary. Wow. Be servants of Mary. And it's not a it's not a worship of Mary. Like you said earlier in the show, like we don't worship her. Mm-mm. We mm-hmm. just honor her. Uh Rightfully so, because Jesus honored her so much, you know, and he gave, like, he even, you know, gave him to John or gave her to yeah, John you right. know, on the cross. Right. And you think, like, John must have, like, done whatever she wanted, yeah. you know, and, like, to- totally listened to her and, and, and done exactly what she asked. And so we do the same. We uh, develop this relationship with her uh, in a way that we kind of become her servant, but in return, she clothes us with grace. We receive peace, joy, all the fruits mm-hmm. that come from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Colby would say that that she is so close to the Holy Spirit that when we go to her, like we get the Holy Spirit through her. Right. That's that's so, it's also it's so mystical, right? So mystical. It's so deep and it's so rich. And there there are a number of different mon- consecrations. I know you did the the Lou de Montfort consecration. Mm-hmm. I just finished actually two consecrations. Um, Mary's mantle consecration, which is a 46 day consecration. Oh, wow. Good yeah. And it's, it's based on kind of this ancient devotion from the barrios of Mexico. Really cool about around our lady uh-huh. of Guadalupe. Cause there were 46 stars on wow. her tilma on That's her mantle. So cool. Yeah. And then there's also the 30 days to morning glory. I know a lot of people have done that one. And that one is Michael Gately. Um, he goes into St. Louis de Montfort. He goes into St. Maximilian Colopi. He also talks about St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta and St. Pope John II. So Beautiful. it's really rich. So listeners, we have got just about another minute before we go to our break. Um, and as we as we head into that, I think one of the things that, to me that's so fascinating about two things. One is what you just said about, you know, full of grace, that leads back to her immaculate conception, right? Exactly. Yeah, so Mary exactly. is full of grace because we do believe that God would not have put Christ into a temple that was had any original sin. Mm-hmm. So she was immaculately conceived, which is one of those trick questions, right? When you say, what's the Feast of the Immaculate Conception? <laughs> People go, oh, when Jesus was conceived. No, exactly. that was when Mary was conceived yep. by Anne, right? Her mom. And um, 
And then also just the whole point that, you know, part of it is what was Mary's role? And Mary's role is to help us become saints, to help us to get to heaven. So when we consecrate ourselves to her, when we kind of have this devotion to her, we're saying, I really want you to do this for me, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to kind of marry myself to you in some ways so that you can draw me to your son in, in more amazing ways. So we'll talk more about this on the on the second half of the hour. So listeners, please stay tuned. And we will also have a wonderful guest joining us in just a few minutes. Hello, I am Joanna Lopez from St. Catherine of Siena in Kennesaw. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest. The Quest presents Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies. Our life as moms are so busy. We're driving to and from this activity, that sport, and we're just busy all the time. We need to take a moment for ourselves and to breathe. We need to find a resting place. Um, I know for me, I'm so busy with my children. I don't actually have much time of quiet. And when there is a moment of quiet, my brain is racing to process all the interactions and images or experiences of my day. Um, How do you find a quiet place? How do you quiet your heart? We must remove things in our lives so that we can have our hearts as a resting place for Jesus. Take a moment and let him dwell inside of you. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you too. One listener shared. I don't know what I would do without The Quest. Every day I get an update on the Catholic Church and hear inspiring stories. I thought I knew a lot about my faith, but I'm learning something new every time I tune in. I feel connected to a larger Catholic community. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest provides Catholic content 24-7. While you'll only find us on your radio dial from dawn to dusk, you can listen live anywhere, anytime on thequestatlanta.com. So welcome back, listeners. We're so glad to have you here with us on Shelter and Peace on your Catholic radio station, AM 1160 The Quest. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm joined by my guest co-host, Thomas Clements. Hello, hello. And then, of course, Annie. We already ha- always have our magnificent Annie with us. Still here, guys. Still here. Thank you, Annie. I'm so, we're so glad you're still here. It would be really <laughs> bad if you weren't. Right. Um, in just a few minutes, we're going to actually be introducing you to our guest for the second half. But before we introduce him, we actually, we were having so much fun in the first half we that were. we're like, oh my gosh, there's more stuff we want to talk about consecration. So why don't we talk a little bit more about consecration? And then we'll invite our guest in and, and hear more of his thoughts around kind of devotion and consecration and this whole amazing theme that we have in our very rich Catholic faith. It's so rich that we could honestly spend like days and days talking about (laughs) even just, you know, Marian, you know, devotion. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So right before the break, I was explaining that um, I... I just did not, I've never done a consecration to Mary before, and I didn't just do one, I just did two. So I'm kind of still reeling. I'm mm-hmm. I'm quite, I haven't quite finished processing the whole process. It was 
quite amazing. Um, but I did the Mary's Mantle consecration, which, as I was saying, is a 46-day consecration. Sure. And what's really cool about it, it's really you focus on the virtues and the sevenfold gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, the ones sure. from Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really meditate on them. In addition to saying the rosary each day, and um, there's some fasting that goes along with it. And, oh, my gosh, the fa- power of fasting with prayer is just amazing. I had amazing. a special yeah. miracle I was asking for, and I fasted for about 48 hours um, and had um, a friend fast with me and prayed, and God just showed up in amazing ways. It was amazing. really, really cool. Yeah. Cool. So, um, So we focus on virtues, focus on, and, and a lot of it is around, you know, we want to be more like Christ. We want to be more like Mary who really wanted to, you know, give herself totally fully to, to God. We want to be like that. Um, and then the 30 days to morning glory it was so rich and deep. I'm going to have to read that book. Like, I don't know how many times there's so much in that one, you know, like, as I said, it was talking about both. It explained the consecration according to St. Louis, De, Louis de Montfort. Mm-hmm. It also talked about Maximilian Colby. Sure, and I sure. hadn't even known that he had this whole like immaculata militia kind of thing oh, going. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you think about God knew ahead of time that Maximilian Colby was going to be put to death at Auschwitz. Right. He yeah. knew that Maximilian Colby was going to be a modern day martyr and was going to be so self, self, self sacrificial and all of this, just building him up and having him ready for that moment where he had to say yes kind of like Mary said yes to this just big, scary thing. Um, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta and kind of her devotion to Mary was so beautiful learning about that. And even St. Paul, uh, St. Pope John Paul II. Um, so just as you said as well, but you've done it more than, okay, like I said, I did two in one this time. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, how many have you done? I, I've done it like each year because my, my uh, feast day that you, you know, where you kind of consecrate yourself, there's always a special Marian feast day that you choose. So it's May 13th, okay, the Lady yeah. of Fatima. Yeah. And so I started it in 2008 was my first year. And I think I've done it like eight or nine times wow. since then. There's even a, an app on your phone that you can use where it just kind of will remind you to pray it and you can just do it. But then what's even cooler is that's, you know, the full process, uh-huh. but you don't have to do that to consecrate yourself to Mary. You can simply say, you know, you know, Mary, I consecrate myself to you. Or if if you rather, you can say, Jesus, I consecrate myself to you through Mary. Because yes. we know that a consecration to Mary is a consecration to Jesus. Yes. Very clear about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are consecrating ourselves to Jesus through Mary, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I, you know, I did the Louis de Montfort uh, using his true devotion, a true devotion to Mary, which actually has a plenary indulgence tacked onto it from hmm. St. Pius X. Wow. Uh, who was so impressed with it. And I think John Paul II might have added uh, an indulgence to it as well because he was so enthralled uh, with reading. He read it several times. He owed much of you know how the the, the level of holiness that he reached. You know he owed to Mary and St. Louis de Montfort. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. You know, one of the other things that I like um, about it all is thinking about why do you know why you know we know why Mary is so important. We know why she is so powerful, and God gave her this amazing. Um, salvific mm-hmm. role like he gives to each of us. But when we think about what we learn from her, just even in scripture, two of the things that hit me about Mary is the words, two P words, ponder and praise. That Mary always pondered things in her heart. And when you talk about pondering, Edward Shree, the wonderful theologian, talks about what she did when she was pondering. She was always trying to figure out what is God wanting to to, to 
to yeah. do in this? Mm-hmm. What's he trying to teach me? What's he trying to say? What is his will in this? What is God's will? So she pondered a lot. And I thought I could do a lot more pondering, right? Yep. That yep. would be really good if I would stop every once in a while and just ponder. And then the other thing is praise. She just praised him. You know, her Magnificat that we just, exactly. you know, on Saturday, mm-hmm. we got to hear in the readings from Luke as well, where she praised God and, and her, you know, my soul magnifies the Lord and she just praised him. And so once again, what a wonderful example that we need to be looking mm-hmm. every day at how do I praise God? And also remember this, when you praise God, Satan has to flee. When you praise God, Amen. so once again, right, Amen. we're in that spiritual battle. Satan's got to flee when you praise God. And, and I love you know how you brought up the Magnificat because that's a great example of what happens when we go to Mary. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say, oh yeah, you're right, I am great, you're, you're, you're welcome. No, yeah. she says, you know, because... What what sparked the Magnificat was Saint Elizabeth on yeah. her like you know who am I that the mother of my Lord would come to me like blessed are you among women right and she turns and says no my soul magnifies the Lord yes yes and points us to Him exactly and she does it every time we honor her that's awesome and that's what each of us should be doing right exactly we want to magnify the Lord that is my goal I I would just love to be anything not me you know kind of that whole <laughs> thing less of me more of thee that yeah, my soul yeah. magnifies him that anything it points to him it's all about him that's so cool okay so we've got a guest with us today and he does a great job of magnifying the Lord um, and um, Mike Coveney some of our listeners are very familiar with Mike because he's actually been on a number of our pledge drives in the past you know Listeners, if you don't know this, it's so cool. You can go onto our Quest Atlanta app and um, or even onto our website and you can look up um, uh, shows on demand. And under shows on demand, you can find not just recordings of Shelter in Peace, which we invite you to do. You can find recordings of Father Jim's um, show. Annie, what's the new title? Light. Heaven's Light. Heaven's oh, Light. Nice. That's awesome. That beautiful. So Heaven's Light, Father Father Jim Blunt show, which is on Tuesdays at two. But you can also find recordings of all of our past pledge drives, and it even shows you the topic and the speakers. So Mike's been on there quite a number of times. So a little bit about Mike Coveney. He always he wanted me to make sure to mention his mom and dad. Yeah, Bill and Marie Coveney. Yes. Um, so he Mike comes from a family of five. There are five kids. Okay. Five five kids and he was originally born in Pittsburgh but he grew up here in Atlanta and he went to Marist and attended All Saints in Denwoody um, and uh, he you know he, it's it's neat as Catholics we've got the sacramental journey that we sometimes talk about right like where were you first baptized where did you have your first communion and all that I was did I ever tell you guys mine I was baptized at the Vatican I was ba- baptized what? at St. Peter's. Yeah, no that's pretty way. cool, huh? That's yeah, because I was born in Europe. So I was baptized course, at uh, St. Peter's. And then my first communion and um, uh, and my, uh, so my, uh, what's it called? What's the, what would you have after that? <laughs> your confession. Con- and your confirmation. confirmation. Confirmation, yeah. They were both on Guam, where I'm from. But for wow, Mike, his wow. was uh, St. Jude was his first communion. And OLA was his uh, first confession. Um, and his... That was my first communion, St. Jude. Yes. Ah, that's yeah. awesome. Very you guys good. share good. that. Yes. And good your confirmation. Yep. And then Sacred Heart. That's a really important one, right? Because wow. that's yes. where you had the sacrament of marriage and to Nancy. My beloved Nancy, yes. Awesome. So he is wife to Nancy and father to Katie and to Maggie. Yes. So welcome, Mike Coveney. Oh, it's great to be back. Great to see you, Mari. Annie, always good to see you. And Thomas, blessed. Yeah. We really, really love to hear your your journey. Oh, thank really. you. Well, and the, one of the reasons we invited you on today, Mike, um, that I didn't just mention in your intro was also because you've been teaching theology for a number of years. I have been since the Holy Spirit shined on me many, many years ago as a practicing 
struggling, discerning attorney, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the Lord called me to teach and share the good news with high school students and started teaching at Blessed Trinity Catholic High School in 2002. Now I teach at Marist um, and I've been blessed every step of the way. Um, Gosh, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. I mean, that's so telling what you mm-hmm. t- talked about, Thomas. And that's actually what I try to say to my students. That's like, a, that's a huge message. Yep. It is kind of interesting. I was just talking, you know, with my wife, you know, Nancy, I was just, the assumption that the gospel reading is, is the Magnificat, mm-hmm. right. you know, which is always kind of, exactly. it's yeah. kind of a yeah. true, it's not like about her death. It's about her really yeah. death to Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and her, right. her unity with Christ. So anyway, I always talk to my students. I said, you know, when you're walking through the hallways, when you're on the football field, when you're doing your work, what is your message to people? And mm-hmm. it should be, oh, would awesome. be, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Exactly. Just like you said, that selflessness. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. that's part of my, I hope they don't doze off when I share that lesson with them. But that's kind of the, <laughs> that's the general sense. With the, I want them to be more soulful in their being. Sure. Right, sure. right. So. exactly. So, you know, we were just talking about kind of our consecration, yeah. our stories of consecration. And um, so do you have some thoughts around that? I do. I mean, as a journeyer for two consecrations, and now I love this idea of the yearly. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, that may help me recommit. I was about 15 years apart. I did one in 2005 with Father, Father Peak over at uh, Blessed Trinity I was teaching over there. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, truth be told, as a Catholic growing up, was not familiar with any of this. Yeah. I'm a child of the seventies, born in the sixties, so we were yeah, kind of I think in between we're close that to catechesis. Same age. Yeah. The same thing, yeah. So we all struggle with those those specifics. And this blessed consecration introduced me to this deeper relationship and this mm-hmm. deeper commitment. Mm-hmm. Um as did the thirty three days of morning glory through Gately, you know, yeah. which I've read and and as you mentioned in the earlier segment, you know it's reread that. Yeah. You know, those focus on those those four folks, the Montfort, uh, Teresa John Paul and Colby are just incredible. Tremendous. So, I mean, we can spend hours on those four. Um, I actually met Mother Teresa. I'll tell you that story later. Yeah, I met her at Sacred Heart. I met her at Sacred Heart. Yeah, I met her at Sacred Heart Church. I'm going off topic, but I mean, I met her at Sacred Heart when I was discerning uh, to be uh, something else in my life. Uh And uh, the bottom line is I walked into Sacred Heart Church when she was in Atlanta uh, uh, visiting her church, her her house over, Grace House over in Virginia Highland. Yeah. And she was at Sacred Heart. And, uh, I walked over. I was a lawyer. I came over in my suit, and wow. it was packed to the gills. I bet in that, and the people were in the streets. Yeah. So I felt like Zacchaeus in the tree. I, I actually, <laughs> I snuck, I snuck into the church, no like through a way. side door, bypassed all these people. I could, like I was important. There's a line, and Archbishop O'Donoghue was the Archbishop yep. at the time. So he's standing there next to her, uh-huh. and there's a line of priests, you know, like at least 50 priests. I just kind of moved to my left and get right in the line in front of, in front of these priests, and nobody talked to me. I stayed in that line for about 10 minutes. Nobody made me get out. I was the only one wearing a suit. They were all in black. And I slowly get up to her, and they don't tell me to get out of the line. So wow. I get to Amazing. grab out with both my hands, reach oh. both my hands forward to her, and I say, please pray for me. Oh, oh my, I'm actually amazing. getting teary-eyed. Me too. I had a chance. I had a chance to say that, that please pray for me. And obviously she oh. turned me into Catholic education. So she helped pray for me. You know, she prayed a lot for me. Um, and wow. then she, she turned back, she, she pulled my, I pulled my hands away. She pulls my hands back to her and says, you know, we need young people to work in the church. Oh, I was much younger then. Um, and that that's, she spoke, amazing. we need young people like you to work in the church. And she stared at me. She was just a little, little yeah, person, four eleven, four. Yeah. Six. I mean, she was very short. Very tiny. Uh, but just I'm touched by that moment. I yeah, want to bring that up because I think that was part of my 
my journey. That was 1995. That was June of 19. I actually got married in the same church in uh, in in October of that year when the Braves were playing the World Series that year. Yes, uh, I remember that year. Which disturbed my wife Nancy very much. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm not getting to my consecration. Other than that, was a uh, you mentioned anointing. Yeah. Um, God, yeah. I'm bold to say that, I guess. But there was kind of a. Uh, a, a blessed event when that happened yeah, for and, sure. and it was seven years later when I went into teaching education and, and teaching in blessed Trinity. And I just think that's a message. I think I want to get people to the listeners and know it's, it's, it's not all happening in, in, in a breakneck pace. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You have to surround yourself with good people and good community, but sometimes there's defining moments. And, and that was a defining moment for me that eventually led to a consecration, which I knew nothing of mm -hmm. about 10 years later, which went to a further consecration about 15 years later. So this journey just begins with these powerful moments, but sometimes they're subtle and sometimes they're... That's so cool. They're, That's they're so, cool. so cool. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share that. That's awesome. Thanks well, for you, sharing. You know, and you sharing that... Wait, I want to say a couple of things about Mother Teresa from yeah. this book because I think it's so cool thinking about that. You know, she grabbed you back. You know, she didn't just let you go and right. move on down the line. And it talks about, um, you know, her... She had two main prayers and one was she said to Mary, lend me your heart and then keep me in your most pure heart. Mm -hmm. So she wanted to be more like Mary, and she also wanted Mary to keep her in her heart and keep interceding. And her three trademark virtues, Mother Teresa's three trademark virtues, were total surrender to God, loving trust, and perfect cheerfulness. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of like, she. Those are, the, those are also hallmarks of Mary as well, that total surrender to God, the loving trust, and the perfect cheerfulness. Yeah. And I think if I could be a mother like that, oh my gosh, my kids would be so much happier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, especially the perfect cheerfulness is the one that I always have a hard time with. Oh, that's know? my, I mean, oh, gosh. Sure. I mean, I really, and anyway, that's kind of, you know, part of the, I, I mean, I work at Maris now, and, yeah. and, and part of those folks, I mean, God loves a cheerful giver, and I've always heard that. Yeah. I'm not, the, I mean, I'm a generally a decent, fella and good natured, but, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I, I, I don't find myself cheerful as much as a lot of other people. And I think, especially at this time right. of COVID, I've been a little more downhearted or more worried. And I think a lot of us have, yeah. um, but I mean, that, that, that's a great line. I'm going to, I'm going to use that, right. that perfect cheerfulness. Well, Thomas, you had a great question that went along with what Mike was just saying. About so yeah, during, during this time of, of COVID Mike, you know, we, the, 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 how have you been able to kind of respond? How is your faith played a role to that, you know, during shelter in place and whatnot. And maybe how is Mary, you know, kind of coming to the picture for you as well? Mary's been a central messenger or advocate or a, a person that I've connected with, with my relationship with God since I was a child, since I was, you know, discerning to be a priest mm. in the seventies and in the eighties. Um, I have been at prayer very much throughout COVID reflecting on my relationship with God. Um, I have fallen off some of my connection with Mary during this time. Mm. Uh, she hasn't abandoned me. Mm. I've been disconnecting from her as I've noticed some of the craziness and the distraction and mm -hmm. the worry. Mm -hmm. um, it's scary out there. Yeah. It is. But well, I mean, it, it is. I mean, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people are, we talked about, you know, mm -hmm. people being fearful mm -hmm. and, and maybe too fearful or, mm -hmm. or maybe, or maybe too cautious. But I, I talked about this prudence. I mean, sh she has, Jesus has whispered into my ear this idea of prudence and, and being prudent in this time, you know, mm -hmm. using, you know, seeing ahead and kind of the ability to govern and, uh, and use my reason. Um, and again, I could get to way too much in my brain and yeah. a little too heady. Yeah. But as we've talked really since, since Sunday, yeah. you know, I, there's this, been this gentle 
Ah, softening. And I don't say that to boast about you guys, but I only emphasize that because my life uh, has been so blessed by this relationship with Mary. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel it does take this daily diligence mm -hmm. and the assumption, mm -hmm. the, the assumption, assumption Saturday mass was really special, but mm -hmm. um, for folks that are out there that are downhearted, mm -hmm. you know, all they can see is lack mm -hmm. of hope or misery. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe less listeners here because they're always filled with the spirit. Mm -hmm. I hope um, she is the source uh, for a lot of my accessibility to the father, to, yeah. to Jesus, you know, I think to the Trinity, I mean, yeah. her singular devotion reminds me time and time again, help. Yeah. I need help to stay devoted to your son. That's beautiful. And so at times, you know, in on a lot of honesty, this, this, this COVID has been, you know, not, it, I, thought, I, I love this phrase. You talked about your mass, the indestructible love. Yeah. What priest was that? You said, Father Salvage. Salvage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's indestructible. Yeah. You know? And I was like, you know what? There were periods, there were days, not days, but hours within days mm -hmm. where I felt that love destructing. Yeah. You know? And like yeah. you said, I think mm -hmm. we're under attack in mm -hmm. a way. I think we the are. church, we see the church statues being pulled down, which <sighs> is crazy. <sighs> um, but I, I just think that's a great phrase for us to keep in mind. She mm -hmm. has this indestructible love. Yeah. Yeah. And we are human mm -hmm. and we are vulnerable mm -hmm. and reach out to her. Yeah for restoration of the indestructible. And love. she's she's a, a good mother, right? She's yes. never gonna give up on her, her child. I, right. I remember when I was at Franciscan, uh, and I, I remember I too, I felt that, like I wasn't a good son to her. Mm. And I remember going to confession about it, you know, kind of speaking to maybe my scrupulosity at the time too, but I was like <laughs> clinging to my rosary beads, like moving, We were. it was one of those like, the general confession, so everyone was like in the pews sliding, you know, uh -huh. down as it was, as the line moved on. And I remember going to the priest, you know, and ex you know, expressing that to him, like, I'm just, I'm not a good son, you know, I'm supposed to be consecrated. And I, you know, I didn't, you know, I haven't been going to her as much. And he, he told me like, no, look at you, you have the rosary, you're here, you know, talking about it. You're, you're doing what you can. Mm -hmm. So the, the important, you know, part is like not to, to worry about it when we fall, but to, to love the fight mm -hmm. and, you know, and just kind of keep going back to her and, when you can. And, and she's a good mother. So yeah. she's not gonna, it's not like she's, offended you know but by that at least but you know mm -hmm. still wants that relationship right you know thank you guys both for being so transparent about that because there are going to be times we ha all have that kind of dark, dark night of that soul mm -hmm. or that that time of drought and one of the things mike that you just said i think that is going to be so important for us to remember is many of our listeners are probably doing this too where we are so caught up in our own mind you know mm -hmm. you said yeah. part of it is i'm so caught up in my own thoughts and my yes. own mind during this time I'd say, go back to that word, ponder. Mm, yeah. I just love awesome. that. You know, she's yeah. just such a wonderful witness of that. We ponder, she ponders, and it's all about pondering the will of God. So we've only got about five more minutes. Can you believe it? The time has flown so it's much. It's flown so much. But Mike, one of the reasons we ask you on, not only because of some of your devotion to Mary and, and just your own beautiful personal journey, was because the Marist way has some really neat way of looking at Mary as well. Do you want to share with our listeners some of the key themes of that? Sure. I mean, the the, the massive presence of, 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 of Marist in, in Atlanta is really based on its school, and right. this private school, Catholic yeah. school. But and, that's not what Azure. we're talking about. Yeah. I yeah, mean, really, the spirit within the school mm -hmm. is, is this Marist way, right. this way of the Society of Mary. And if there's any, you know, basic, honest, deep way that I learned subtly in the 80s when I was there, and that is the Marist way is asking you to as de Montfort tried to get yeah, out, you, yeah. you're, you're trying to be Mary, mm -hmm. Mary's presence for mm -hmm. us men that may be a 
journey yeah. to try <laughs> to be a feminine presence in the world. Right. But the Marists really ask, and that's and they do the priests do carry themselves in a in a gentler, kinder mm. way. My dear Bishop Conzen, who maybe mm. not listening, but I mean, you know, he was an always example to me growing yeah. up, still is. Uh, and the priests that I've known are always trying to stress that you are trying to be married to the world and you are to think, judge, feel, and act as Mary in all things. That's beautiful. And mm-hmm. so that that TJFA, which is the phrase I use with my students to try to get to know TJ, because yeah. they're all saying, what about WWMG? What, what, would, or w, what would Jesus do? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, all right, let's do both. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we, can, we can actually yeah. do both. And uh, I think that that, that that gentle way, uh, that humble way mm-hmm. of Mary and Mary's presence, especially in the early church, mm-hmm. um, is always some image or mm-hmm. aspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly when she was pondering in the heart all that she was hearing yeah, in, exactly. in the Gospel of Luke. Right. Uh, so in short, that 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 that's the message I'm I'm sharing with many of the faculty and students and mm-hmm. even parents, especially mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Maris, this idea of uh of being Mary and, and listening to how you can live and imitate some of these values mm-hmm. you talked about before. Mm-hmm. And the, the world would definitely benefit from that. I don't know. I just I just think we need a gentler way, not that mm-hmm. um, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I mean, so he is the way and the truth. Uh-huh. But I just, if there's a if there's a shade or a, or a color that you can add to your soul, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's That's this beautiful. it's this Marian way. And yeah. I just I just think we need that more now, which involves a lot of dialogue. It lo- mm-hmm. involves a lot of listening, vulnerability, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, yeah, yeah. transparency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of us are like, I got my stuff together, and I'm gonna. T-, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to get you to, you know, a lot of people are like, my relationship with God's so bad, my relationship with Jesus is so bad. So how can I understand Mary? It's like, well, Mary. You know, the mother knows the son the best. So, but like you yes. said, I mean, yeah. so just start yeah. knocking on her door if you're if you're right. nervous and shy about going to church or do. A, and again, our listeners are awesome, devoted, and they're yeah, doing it yeah. the right way. I'm just you know pleading with the listeners there, continue to pray, and think about ways that you can be gentle, welcoming, hospitable, uh, and 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 really, if you can think like Mary to judge in her way, it might change our approach, yeah, well, especially exactly. in this time of crisis. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And it's beautiful, the humility. You know, she is very focused on purpose. If you think mm-hmm. about being married, and as a mom, and I'm sure you guys as dads, you guys both have, have you know, children as well. But if you were the mother of Christ and you watched him, you knew what his goal was. You knew that he was here for the world and you watched him die so unfairly, so awful. Oh, yeah. You would say, there is no way I'm going to let that happen. I'm no, I'm not going to let that his death be in vain. I'm going to continue uh, awesome. to chase mm-hmm. after people and let them get them to come to know him. I want everybody to know my son. You know, we mm-hmm. as parents always want people to really know our children. Yeah. She wants us to know her son. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to, she's single, she's single hearted in her purpose of having us know her son and obey her son mm-hmm. and believe in her son and give ourselves to our son, but she's so beautiful and kind and gentle and humble in the way and she humble. does it. Yeah. 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 And if yeah. we're, you know, struggling with like, like you said, like oh, my, my relationship with God, you know, isn't as great or, you know, what about Jesus? Uh, just talk to Mary. We can just talk to Mary and like, she's a, you know, your mother on earth or your good friend mm-hmm. and, and she will come through. That's actually advice I got from a priest in confession and Magigore, he he looked just like I know you guys remember the show House, mm-hmm. but he looked just like House, Doctor House in that show. It was amazing, and he told me that just don't worry about it, just talk to her like she's your friend. That's awesome. Or mother. That's great. So we are actually going to do that. We are just down to the last few seconds of our time together. So we're going to go ahead and and talk. 
And uh, Mike, we're going to ask you to close, close us in prayer. prayer. I'm in blessing. I bless in the name. Uh, I, I actually hope this up for my blessed mother who, who passed 2002, right before I started working as a teacher. Mm. Uh, her prayers got me into that as well. And my father passed uh, not long after her, but I say this in honor of my blessed mother and in honor of Mary, as we pray in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. And all of you out there, please just take this into your hearts, meditate upon this, um, and think about these words for your own. May you always keep in mind that you belong by grace's choice to the family of the Blessed Mary, the Mother of God. May you continually strive upon her spirit and breathe it, a spirit of humility, self-denial, intimate union with God, and the most ardent love of neighbor, so that you will think as Mary, judge as Mary, feel and act as Mary in all things. Amen. Amen. Father and Son, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, dear listeners, for being with us today. Thank you, Thomas and Mike. We really appreciate you being with us as well. And Annie, always. So please come and be with us again next week.